Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are very good at finding themselves in, like, did Willow make the right call ratting on Colby? Or is giving your Porsche to some drug dealers really the best way to get them off your back? Get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Now, before I get started, I just want to share that this is a no-spoiler podcast. I don't look ahead at what's coming up. I don't even watch Tomorrow on Home and Away little clips they give you. I recommend you do the same. Honestly, it's such a game changer. And the big old twists and turns that are on the way, you just won't see coming. And it just makes the show that much better. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email summerbayspodcast at gmail.com or we're on Instagram at summerbayspodcast. Oh, now we finally know who Witness X is and it was Willow. Whoa. I had to catch myself because I was speculating too much about who it could be, who Witness X was, but going through all the suspects, kind of thinking about what twist it could take. And then I just stopped myself and I said, no, I'm just going to enjoy not thinking about who it could be. And I just wanted the surprise to kind of happen upon me. And that's exactly what happened. I actually had to pause and shout at the television. I just didn't see it coming. If it was going to be anyone, I think I might have thought it could have been Dean. Or they were trying to really put us off the scent with Taylor, like her saying that she was subpoenaed. And Angela saying to her, like, you'll play your part and I'm going to love every minute of this. So, yeah, I was kind of like a little bit off track with that. Look, I'm sure you might be listening being like, oh, it was so obvious it was her. But I just kind of wanted the surprise. So I just tried not to think about it. And looking back on it now, it was really weird that neither Willow, Dean nor Bella were called to testify. And Willow did keep kind of putting off the chats about trying to find out who Witness X was. And every time Dean wanted to confess and just try help Colby whatever way he could. And Willow really tried to derail him from doing that a few times. So yeah, it's Willow. My head was rolling, couldn't believe it. And in the build-up to us finding out that it was Willow, looking back on it, Colby was in this weird state of calm. He all of a sudden just kind of lets go and accepts his fate in a way. And... Like when he realises he's actually just really in love with Taylor. I'm glad he actually got to tell her how he feels because when he said like, oh, I started off his game, but I really do love you. And I think a big part of him loving her is being able to like let her go. So when he said to her, like, you deserve better than me or Angelo. And I think that's kind of shows how serious he is. But anyway, all of this acceptance is far too little too late And when he's saying stuff like, I accept my choices, I should probably get what I deserve. Willow's probably kicking herself going like, you've made this realisation, but I'm wearing a bloody wire. So even though there's a relief in Colby realising the error of his ways, there's a certain amount of follow up that Willow has to do. And she has to protect 
those she can, give Dean a better life and let him be a father to Jai and to ultimately keep Bella out of it. So, yeah, it's a bit sad. And I really appreciate it. So when Willow is walking up to Angelo in that dramatic scene of the Witness X revelation, did you notice they were playing Billie Eilish's No Time to Die, i.e. the new James Bond song? Really appreciated the choice of track there because that was quite a like espionage move from Willow. And I thought that was a very clever song selection there, I must say. And obviously Angela's so bloody appreciative of this because he's no way he was going to be cracking this case without her. And he keeps trying to, trying to like talk to Willow like we're in a team. Like, But I think the key line is when Willow says, I didn't do this for you. So like she is doing it for her family and ultimately, Colby did have to pay the price. So, yeah. Oy. So then when we know what we know about Willow, on the day of the court case, was she not absolutely bricking it? Oi. But when you know that it's coming and it is the ultimate betrayal of this family, and it's no surprise that Dean goes absolutely nuts, calling her two-faced rat and a snake, and... I just didn't expect Colby to take the stand. And I don't know if he wanted to kind of do it on his own terms, take a bit of ownership over what had happened, or maybe he was trying to get a reduced sentence. I don't know. But whatever hopes he did have, the judge absolutely rinses him. And what a damning speech. And it's not even in the fact that he shot him. It's actually how he handled it. So no surprise, he got 25 years and 20 years no parole. Ouch. No wonder Angelo was just so smug. But what I I couldn't understand was where, why wasn't Jasmine at the trial? She paid his bail and she wasn't working. So I just thought that was weird. Maybe she was in the town to tell the, the town or, yeah, I just thought that was a bit strange. But anyway, so when they all get back to the bay after the trial, whether we like her methods or not, I know and I know that Willow did the right thing, even though they didn't ask for it. And she knows that Bella will never forgive her. Well, not now anyway. They just can't see it now. But Willow, I suppose when she was screaming at them, I was just trying to protect you. Dean, go and find Jai. You have a future. You can't just, we can't just throw this all away on Kobe's impulses. But did Willow do the right thing? I don't know, because it was just so sad seeing Kobe go into prison in that generic <laughs> tracksuit that the prisoners wear, the green. Like, Kobe's future is just hanging by a thread. And by I mean future, I mean life. Like when they, Dean's right, when they find out he's a cop, he's going to be in so much trouble and the prison looks so scary. So I just don't know if Willow did the right thing because when Ziggy and Mac were talking about it and Ziggy did raise a good point. She's like, well, Willow had the guts to say more than we did. Where would it be or what would have happened had she not have said anything? But that's what I just can't get into my what I can't help but think about. Like, Angelo didn't have enough to go on. So if Willow didn't rat on Colby, maybe they would have gotten away with it. But Colby was so off the rails, it's hard to predict. But Angelo really didn't have enough to go on. Or if if they didn't bug Willow, there'd be a chance that if it went to court, Colby could get off. But unfortunately, Willow gave the kiss of death there and now 
her friend slash brother is locked up in prison. But it's kind of weird that it's all over now. And say we had like what Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then a few episodes to kind of let the dust settle. But like, is that it? Is there more to come? I don't know. But Bella does ring Nick all distressed. So I doubt it's the end of it. But still, it'd be interesting to see. Will they just kind of phase Colby out into prison life? I don't know. But Dean and Bella are in absolute ribbons. Because now that Willow's left, it seemed like she was really leaving. And then they had, Jasmine was saying she needs somebody in the gym. But then she says, oh, I'll be gone for a little while. So... Maybe Willow will be back, just kind of let things calm down and then she'll come back when the other two are ready. But it's kind of like Dean and Bella on their own now. And like Dean will be there to support Bella. Like he kind of did it during Colby's last day, getting her to like accept that this is it and let's just go enjoy the pizza. And maybe that was his first step at being the new kind of dad slash brother figure in Bella's life. But I don't know, like, Dean is just, when he's spiralling, I don't think he's a very good role model in those situations when Dean isn't feeling great. Like, he's, he's too much of the home truths. He's not that sensitive. Like, Dean saying to Bella, like, oh, it's all over. We can't appeal. We can't change or hope that it's going to be different. Like, that's not exactly what she wants to hear. Ugh, like, I don't know. I don't know how well that dynamic is going to be there. At least if, like, Willow was part of that, she would soften the Dean's blows. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that new family arrangement goes. Like, it's gone from four to two now. And lastly, bloody Angelo and Taylor. I mean, in what cruel world is your kind of estranged husband not making you testify in court like a gesture of love? So when they meet in Salt and Angelo's like, oh, being right doesn't feel great because I don't have you. And then she kind of takes like, oh, thanks for not subpoenaing me. You must care about me. Like, in what world is that? Oh, he still loves me. So if Taylor takes Angela back, good bloody riddance. They totally deserve each other. Colby's told you, you deserve better. Why are you taking him back? Oh, like, I ugh, I don't know. I'm ba- mad at Taylor for doing that. Absolutely not. He used you just as much as you cheated on him. You guys need to part ways. Just go on. Get out of here. Now from one bunch of criminals to the next, we have the Paradas. (laughs) So, Mac and Ari are totally not on the same page. And I feel like Mac needs to feel equal with her partner. Like most of us, any of us do. But she totally gets the hump. And rightly so, when she's getting sidelined by Ari, he's not accepting any help and she's like coming up with answers and ideas and Ari's just like, no. And so it's just, I think, comes down to her as like a big ego thing. And even Tane's being like, why are you letting pride get in the way of your family's safety. And I totally thought that Ari's mind actually did get changed. But when he talks to Mac again and he said, oh, look, I don't want you involved. I don't want you to get hurt. I really thought he was going to accept the help. I didn't think he'd reject it again. And Mac, of course, takes things into her own hands, sneaks the number out of his phone. How crafty, like serious respect, Mac. 
Very good of you, Miss Mackenzie Booth. And she does the deal. And you can tell she's super scared, but she stays so strong. Hightails it back into Ari and Tane being like, sort of this, where's my thank you? So fair play to her. Fair bloody play. I've, I don't know if it's going to work now because if you're literally throwing assets at these drug dealers, they're going to be like, yes, more, more of that, please. So I don't know if it's going to work. What I think they should have done, Captain Hindsight announcement, but why didn't she sell her car and give them the cash and then just pretend that it's they did another deal or give them the... Like you'd sell a Porsche for like a hundred grand or something like Australian dollars I don't I'm no expert but use that money and give Leon and the boys the cash but anyway they kind of seem like they're going nowhere but what I did really didn't get was what the hell is going on between Ziggy and Tane I understand that Tane feels guilty that like now Ziggy's so swamped and she's down an employee because he couldn't stop drug dealing but he's Tane was kind of hanging around her and the more she said that she was busy, the more he kept trying to distract her. And I don't know, I just kind of feel like Ziggy's gone. Her character has kind of changed. She's kind of like working all the time. I don't know, I think Ziggy's character has kind of changed. I can't really put my finger on it. But maybe it's like because she's without Dean and now without her parents. Like she doesn't have the same interactions with characters. Like her and Mac are just kind of roommates. We're not seeing that much of her. And then now she's like hanging around with Mr. Bad Influence Tane and who's bringing over beers when she's trying to do the books. And then they have that weird like flirty moment of like, oh, do you want me to tuck you in? I'm not that drunk. Do you want to stay on the couch? So that's only going one direction. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't know. I just, Dean is going to be so unhappy and it's a bit soon you said you're still in love with Dean. Why are you flirting? And like, obviously, Tane, if he starts flirting with you, I don't think there's much any woman could do apart from go weaker than ease. So I can understand the predicament she's in, but still, she just loves a bad boy. Ugh. Um, And speaking of Captain Hindsight, we've got Justin in hospital full of anger, full of remorse and super scared and snapping at Leah, giving out that he's left it too long. And I do feel really, I, I did feel really sorry for him because he's having all these vulnerable moments, but no need to be mean to Leah about it. But anyway, I just think that's stubborn Aussie male doesn't want to feel weak. So fair enough. But great idea with Irene sending in the big guns. In you go, John. And then we get all the tender moments about how angry he is at himself, how he knows he could have prevented it. Why did he do an ostrich? Why did he think he could wait a few more days and not listen to his body? So bravo, John. You did a great job. Loads of encouragement. Saying things like you can't control a lot of things, but you can control your reaction. Fabulous. John has been such an MVP between Lee and Justin. It's kind of gone a little bit unnoticed. But once again, is resp- John is responsible for Leah and Justin making up. And then the toes start twinkling. So that's amazing. So I'm just so happy. Because like we just had the wheelchair story with Jet. 
John Palmer and Marilyn's son. So I thought it was a bit too close to have another wheelchair story. So I'm glad we're not doing that. But what really bugged me about this was Justin's like change of tune about the surgery. So he avoids surgery for the last like, I don't know, bajillion months. And then now he's like, can't get the operation fast enough. And he's suddenly really impatient about it. And I'm so on Tori's team here. Like, she's begging and pleading to him to wait for three days just to make the swelling go down. And Justin seems to have way too much of a sway on what's going on here. He's able to say, maybe because he's friends with Christian, I don't know. But like, he's able to be like, I don't want the surgery. Now I want it. When does the control get taken away from the patient? When does the doctor step in? I just, and like, can we not respect Tori in terms of like, look, she's having flashbacks of the last time. She does not want to repeat. Anyway, so she kind of scared me when she was at the end of one of the episodes and she's like, I hope you guys made the right decision. Like, like we've been tangoing with this, with this Justin back fiasco saga for a while now if this surgery doesn't go well I just because they're just kind of repeating the same stuff Justin is stubborn either with or for or against the surgery then they revert back into and then they leave Tori in the dark and then it's a fight between Tori and Christian and then somewhere along the line Justin and Lee are fighting like it's getting a bit repetitive just Justin needs to put this behind him and get back to fixing cars Now on to what might be a weekly feature of Love for the Over 50s. So how annoying was Marilyn's phone going off? Why can't she just put her phone on silent and all of this could have gotten avoided? It's just, it would have been so easy for her to get away with all those, all those matches. She would have avoided her big orgy with Irene she would have avoided everybody getting mad at her. But no, like, oh, when? how will I know when I've gotten a match? You can just check your phone periodically. It was so insensitive from the get-go. Like, Rue's just gone through a breakup and you should be comforting her. And weirdly, Rue's being so understanding while everybody else is getting annoyed at her, which is annoying in itself. But anyway, and like, everybody's asking you to put it on silent. And I think like... the. Rule number one, Summer Bay 101, rule one, don't annoy Irene or Alf, just don't do it. Alf, from the get-go, is like, I'm going to ban your phone. And Marilyn's like acting like this bold teenager. And then Irene's getting mad at work. Honestly, I think it could be a fireball offence to be on your phone that much. And I think Irene was dead right to be like, you're only doing it because John is. And I think, you know, it's really bad when Irene and Alf both have a conversation, a ranty conversation about these silly games you're playing. Like, come on, cop on. And I know Irene was like frazzled by the call from Willow during the court case or whatever. But like, Maz has to cop on. Like, does she not realise she's really annoying everyone? Like, every like, where is your like, OK, so I've been given out to, I've been called up in this like two to three times like would you not just be like oh sorry I'll put my phone on silent you don't need to do anything drastic just put your phone on silent but I just loved I was getting so annoyed at Marilyn and just the grilling Irene gave I was just so happy with it I just love how she's calling her out on stuff but saying like it's not a popularity contest he's lonely don't you want him to be happy and you're laughing at him what a killer line 
and why can't she just be kind with everything that's going on? Like, okay, well, I do think that was a bit harsh. I just was so annoyed at her. I was like, yes, give it to her, Irene. <laughs> like, how embarrassing. Like, you're one, you're getting given out to in your workplace by your boss. And then two, it's about a dating app because basically you didn't put your phone on silent. It's just, it's just mortifying. I just can't believe it. So in a way, I know Irene went like a bit harsh and I don't think that Marilyn is trying to compete with John. I think, as she says, like, oh, it did actually run away from me and I was just glad to get the attention. But she does turn into this like phone addict, like trying to delete it, but can't and saying like, I don't need the chief validation, but I actually kind of do. And it was only a matter of time then before... Marilyn and John match. Oh, and their reactions are hilarious. But was this a grandmaster plan of Ryder? Because he's playing dumb with both of them. So I thought he might get caught out, but he didn't. But I really was sad because I thought that there was all this hope then for... You could really see the hope in John for wanting the match to have meant something. And of course, Marilyn is such a baby and has to be forced by Irene to tell him the truth and revealed that it was an accident. But I just felt so sorry for John because you could tell that he wanted something to go there. And I know it's probably easier to get back with your ex than it is to start up something new, especially when there's still feelings there. But, oh, I just felt really bad for him. But it's very interesting how she deleted it and he didn't. And I'm really glad that John didn't because he, I don't know, he seems to be more genuine in his search for love than she is. And I just don't like seeing him lonely. So fingers crossed. Come on, John, on Silver Dreams or Silver Nightmares, as as I've pointed out. Or also, I love when Jasmine was like, Silver Dreams, is that a retirement plan? <laughs> Amazing. And then finally, in the Stuart household, so Rue and Owen are no more. Owen's leaving. Ryder's got the hump. And Rue is in this kind of like disbelief that she's in love with the dead person. So, look, they gave up before it started. What more can we do? Maybe this is the end of the Owen and Evan miraculous twin switcheroo. So that's the story that just kind of burnt off, didn't it? But Alf and Martha. So how cute is Alf getting all jealous of Martha? So they're separated for 30 years and he seems to be like appalled at the fact that she might have had a boyfriend or... (laughs) But like, I just don't understand how have they not talked about this? And I love how they're kind of sniffing about things. And Martha really keeps off on his toes. And she's like, why are you assuming that I was with a man? It's like, go on, Martha, you saucy little minx. <laughs> Which just love it. So I wonder, will we get more info about Martha's previous 30 years? Just It's beyond me how they haven't even talked about it. Like, much like last week, they didn't talk about their living situation and now it's coming apparent that they're now mar- remarried and they haven't even talked about their dating history. So I wonder if Martha will have some secrets for us. Alrighty, well that eventually about wraps it up for me this week. A big thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch, just get me on Instagram at Summer Bay's Podcast. We can have some fan chats there. If you have time, I would love if you could rate, review and or subscribe to the podcast, but no pressure. Good night and I'll talk to you next week.